Welcome to the Spirit of Leadership podcast. Listen in as we talk with emerging as well as seasoned leaders, changemakers, and visionaries, and hear their stories, how they have overcome challenges, how they cultivate inspired vision as stewards and mentors, shining their light to uplift and empower others reconnecting us through a sense of belonging to the natural world and to the interweaving circles of just and vital communities. Hi, Francine. I'm so glad that you're here today to have this conversation for the launch of this podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. And for our listeners, I'd like to introduce you to Francine Madeira. She's an activist for equity and social justice. And I just really admire her in her role as a leader, uh, as a midwife to this new world that's being birthed, and educator for youth leadership, which is a really uh, powerful way to be present for the world at this time. And she's also a healing practitioner dedicated to connecting people to their own deep healing. All of these are so needed and I'm so respectful of how you're showing up in the world this way. And uh, welcome to this conversation. And I'm, this is just the beginning <laughs> We're going to have longer, deeper conversations on this podcast series, but today I'm going to just ask you, as a leader in the communities that you serve, where are you choosing to focus your heart and your energy at this time? Well, thank you for the introduction. Thank you for the invitation. It's such a joy to be here with you, um, a fellow leader. And um, yeah, so right now I'm choosing, I wear many hats, you know, from the business world to the spiritual world, um, many different industries and just varied personal interests. But what has my attention and really my heart the most right now is really investing time, energy and resources in youth leadership. Um, I think it's it's, it's an investment in our future. And um, the reason is we're seeing the world right now in a way that um, has been an experiment on many fronts that adults have led. And it's not to knock all of the adults, but there's definitely space and a need right now to balance these old, older ways and even outdated ways of thinking with some fresh energy, fresh ideas, fresh mindset. And um, the youth of today, and particularly when I reference youth, I'm referencing um, youth in the QT BIPOC community. So queer, trans, black, indigenous, people of color, including women, um, women and femmes. And these are communities that have been marginalized, oppressed, silenced, um, that have really, you know, kind of been on the other side of a system of racism and oppression. And um, what I love about these communities that I really started seeing was their ability to 
transmute pain into power. Um, without training, you know, you and I have some access to some incredible tools and trainings with our spiritual community and our beloved spiritual teacher. Um, and so it was fascinating to see some of these folks already doing that without um, the same training. And, you know, my interest in leadership has always been for myself and um, different types of leadership that I've been involved with over the years, government leadership, even um, police, um, business leaders, especially. Um, I have an extensive background in business. Um, it has always been with the intention of how can we get to the root or to the driver and influence them in a positive way that then inspires them to create positive change, right? So if we're gonna change the systems, let's go to the people that are defining the systems. So that's been my overall kind of focus with leadership. And with the youth, I'm just so inspired by the fire and the drive they have um, that they don't even question right and wrong. They know inherently coming in um, as they've lived through it. And I think there's probably a connection with seeing um, their parents and what they've lived through, seeing their grandparents, and in some cases, great grandparents, that they just know a lot of these systems are broken and they're outdated. And there's a fire in them that is like, I don't need an adult to confirm that for me. I can see it, I can feel it, I've lived through it. Um, and that's really powerful. And you know, there's organizations here in California that invest in um, social justice work, in health and wellness work across the state. And they would say their return when they invest in youth-led initiatives is two, threefold that of like adult initiatives. They're just seeing more change. They're seeing um, policies that are caught up with the times. Like I think one of my colleagues had mentioned that when we went into the pandemic last year and we started seeing systems fall apart and break down, it was actually a lot of, or at least a significant amount of youth-led organizations that were already ready to be on the front line with new policies and practices. Why? Because they already had been thinking of it. Nobody was, not a lot of people were listening to it because adults it takes a while to drill down that wall. But when push came to shove and we were in crisis mode, they were ready with it. And so what we saw, for example, in this last election was million and billion dollar bonds um, and policies being passed that were proposed and put together by youth leaders. I mean, that's really incredible when you think about that. And that was, you know, here in LA County. So um, I just think that when we're investing in our youth, it's, it's definitely an investment in our futures. I mean, these are the people who are gonna be leading the world as you and I age out. And, um, you know, I'm on the early end of millennials, but to them and there's so much to learn, so much to gain, you know, besides the data and um, the results that we're seeing. I mean, on a, just a practical level, we're seeing the results of adults and adults who have been in power for a long time, you know, many of them, this becomes like their career. It's like career leaders. But I think we've gotten a bit lost in, um, you know, leadership as a title and leadership as an embodiment. And um, when I look at the state that we're in now, and it's like, it doesn't seem so wild to me to put our 
kind of future in the hands of youth and youth leaders. You know, it seems like we've done crazier things than to turn the wheel over to kids, you know? Um, so, and I say that it's like kind of cheeky, it's funny, but I'm actually being serious. I personally, you know, when kids are talking and adults are like, oh, quiet, this is, you know, adult stuff. What do you know? I, that actually turns my ears on to, to want to turn and ask the kids, wait, what do you think we should be doing? Because we don't know it all. And if anything, I think that, um, we have been conditioned so much that we have lost some of that thinking outside of the box. We have blinders on to not see solutions that are just so easily and readily available for us, the way these young folks are, um, are doing so. And what I love about it is, you know, as a midwife, um, really as a bridge of this current world we're in and creating the new world, is that I love both sides. You know, our relationship has, mine and yours, Megan, has stemmed so much for my love, respect, and adoration for you as an elder and as a leader. And it's really important to bring those two worlds together because it's not about just turning over to kids, let them kind of run with it. But I do find that a lot of these youth leaders are interested in learning from elders Um, the wisdom that has been gained that is helpful and valuable. So it's not so much about throwing the baby with the bathwater. And look, even then, like young leaders, we have to be reminded um, to not do that, right? Because everything's so broken. We're like, we'll just clear it all out. And there's a lot of ground for that. And at the same time, we need to, and I think we are looking at, but wait, some things have worked. And how do we go back to those things, especially like indigenous wisdom, indigenous practices that were taken away or lost, but are actually really valuable. And it's been the absence of those that um, have gotten us to where we are today. And so bridging those two worlds is really important. And I just see a willingness more from the young folks to learn the wisdom, take what works and create something new. Then I think right now I would say um, our fellow adults are willing to do with releasing power, passing the torch gracefully and not gripping so tight, um, but allowing fresh ideas, fresh blood, fresh spirit to come in. And yes. lead the way as well. And it's so wonderful the work that you're doing in bringing that listening heart to the youth that you're working with. And that's an important part of being the midwife. And I really look forward to our continuing this conversation because it's a very powerful and opportune conversation. And so I am really looking forward to bringing you back again for a fuller conversation on all of these aspects. And in the meantime, do you have a place where people can follow you and uh, see what you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. Like a true millennial, I'm on all the social media platforms. (laughs) So you can find me on Facebook with Francine Madeira. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter with a hybrid of my first and last name, which is C-I-N-E-R-A, Cinera17. Yeah, I think we'll link those. And I host sessions with breathwork, pranayama, sound healing on um, Instagram with some lives. And I'll always 
post on their classes and workshops and ways to practice and embody this resilient leadership together. Yes, so definitely go find Francine on Instagram and watch out for her lives. And we'll post all of these links in the show notes. Thank you, Francine. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space for these conversations. You're so welcome. Spirit of Lee.